What's up, everybody? Welcome into this week's episode of From Here It's Potable. Uh, we got me and uh, Tech Hoops guy Hunter Davidson. Just gonna kind of um, talk about some spring football storylines, uh, some random football stuff, and then uh, we got a basketball commitment. So I'll let Hunter give us some information on that as we get started. But here we go. Hey, before we get to the podcast, uh, I just want to do make sure I shout out our sponsor, uh, Prime Residential Mortgage Incorporated. Um, They're the Lending with Passion division of Primary Residential Mortgage Inc. Uh, whether you're buying, refinancing, or taking cash out of your home, PRMI can help. Rates are still near all-time lows, and our mortgage experts uh, can help find the best mortgage solution for you. Uh, they can help you with purchasing your dream home, an investment property, a vacation home, whatever you need, they can help you with. Um, they have locations all over the state of Texas, but they complete the entire process uh, online and it's easy um, and, and they just love working with fellow Red Raiders. Um, they can be reached at Raider at primeres.com through the website uh, at www.lendingwithpassion.com or by phone at 214-736-9466. Uh, so get in touch with them for, for any of your needs for anything like that. All right, Hunter. What's up, man? How's it going? It's going pretty good. How about you? Not too bad. Just trying to, we were talking about it before we press record, but just trying to feel like we're, we're needing news in, in the tech sports world. We got a little bit today, but it just seems awfully quiet. Yeah. And it might be like that for a while now, right? Yeah. Yeah. I guess until those, especially like recruit wise, until those football recruits can get on campus, which is in June sometime. But, but anyway, I, let's not depress the podcast and talk about recruiting football recruiting. What, what do you think about this Malik Wilson that committed to the basketball team today? Yeah. So um, just to, had a chance to kind of barely look at him. I haven't watched any of them, but I've looked at a couple of the places that I go for, for advanced stats and, you know, he's um, first off, he's played a lot. You know, he's just, he's just produced a whole, whole lot uh, in his two years um, as a college basketball player. I mean, 75% of the minutes as a freshman and he missed four whole games. So that, so, I mean, that's really like he played about 85% of the minutes that he was, you know, healthy. And then 80, 83% this past year. And he was <clears throat> like Sunbelt player, freshman of the year, his freshman year. Um, I think so. He's like, I'm reading from his profile, the 21st freshman ever. Well, since the 92 season to average 11 points, five rebounds, two assists, two steals. And like the people on that list, like James Harden, Karan Butler, Tyreek Evans, Ronnie Brewer, Zion Williamson. He just, it's similar to, um, you know, arms, Adonis arms and Davion Warren. He's just another guy that does everything, you know, like, yeah does everything on the court um he might be kind of the um 
small, you know, point guard or, or guard version, uh, whereas Arms and Warren could be more like a forward, small forward type, but um, still uh, just a, kind of another interesting interchangeable type piece. I just imagine I'm looking at, you know, some of his his block, steal, rebound numbers the past couple of years, especially for somebody at his height, are really, really good. I mean, uh, he's either a freak athlete or he's like super, super long lengthwise, or he's maybe a combination of the two. I've um, heard the athlete thing. Um, and I've seen a little bit of him, but I've, the people on the, on the board who have watched him, almost all the comments are like ridiculous athlete competes on defense, like good athlete, blah, blah, blah. So I, I think that may be some of it. He's kind of got like a little young Keenan Evans type build, you know, like the six, three, longer than his than his height and yeah no i know what you're talking about you know does everything as from from a point guard position that'd be of course it'd be great to have a another uh keenan evans (laughs) but i mean i you know i think the intrigue with him is he's got three years to play and he's played a lot in in two years of college basketball Uh, you know i saw some of his aau um some write-ups on him when he was playing aau ball and he, and he was described as a shooter, you know, and he, um, he shot 36% on 80 attempts as a freshman, which is not a lot of attempts, Mike, when he, as much as he was playing. And then he only attempted 46 threes this past year. And uh, so it's, you know, kind of odd that uh, at some, you know, when he was AAU ball, he was considered to be a shooter. And then uh, at uh, Louisiana, he didn't shoot that much, but I take that kind of as a good thing. Like he might've kn- known his role and there might've had other guys that were better shooters and he yeah. ball to him, but he's yeah. been a free th- good free throw shooter in his career. Oh, well that's, that's usually a pretty good indicator, but th- that's kind of what I was wondering. I don't know what the situation was like at ULL. So he could have been one of, like you said, one of those deals where his role wasn't the shooter, maybe the distributor play defense. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if we're going to be doing the, uh, the Peary. You know, he's known for his uh, full-court press. That's just – it's it's crazy. Um, like on Synergy, you can, can you can sort by how often a team pressed. And his it was just off the charts. Like I, I, I hope at, we do some of it. At Portland State, just totally off the charts. And, I mean, confirmed guys we know about, Kevin McCullough, Adonis Arms, Davion Warren, and this guy. I mean, they are – they all play or can play um, a ton of minutes, and they all are steals, you know, block. They're long. They're just the kind of guys you would put put together if you were if you were uh, making a full court press roster. Yeah, that's even a good point. Silva, even Silva too, is would be a good big for that because he's so mobile. He's mm-hmm. so- yeah, you could you could almost see him as is that like free and I don't know how Perry runs his press, but it seems like the big is usually kind of the free safety at the end of the in the other end of the court, looking for those long passes to intercept. And you can you can see Santos Silva being able to do stuff like that. But that, I, I kind of hope that they run some press because I think that was something last year and honestly the past few years that hurt tech was the lack of easy buckets. And we talked about it on this podcast, how good they were in transition that they needed to do that more. And it seemed like in the wins, they were good at getting out and running. And then when teams were able to slow them down, the scoring in the half court really suffered. Yeah. And I think maybe, um, 
you know, we we were playing such a slow pace game, you know, you know, and so if, if we were playing 62 possessions per big 12 game and maybe now under Adams and Peary, we want to play like 76, we could kind of play the same way, but we'll have more easy buckets. Like those extra 15 possessions will be, there'll be some easy buckets in there, but they'll also be uh, the kind that are generated from playing fast, like, and you go take it down and make a layup. So I think just the sheer fact of playing faster could, could generate some of the, what you're talking about. Yeah. I'm definitely on board uh, with that. Um, Well, let's uh, make the rough transition over to football. Um, And me and you were just texting today about, just some, I mean, football has just been so, you know, after all the Wells stuff that happened after the season, it just seems like there was, then Cumbie was hired and there's been almost no news, which isn't a bad thing. Um, you know, a lot of times no news is good news, especially with the football program. So um, just thinking about the, you know, finished up spring practice, heading into the fall, what are some things that you're interested in or things you want to see play out? Um, between now and August, is there anything just fresh on your mind? Well, I'm most interested, I, you know, in Cumbie's offense. I think uh, I heard at one, a couple times that we were – Cumbie was pretty much just like throwing everything at him in, in the early part of spring or maybe throughout all of spring. And then from there, we were going to be like evaluating what we did well and what we were good at and then narrowing it down – from there. And so there might be things that uh, we did this spring that we'll just never do. And, and uh, maybe not, but um, so I just want to see what it looks like, you know, because I think even if you were there watching every spring practice, you may not have a good idea of what it looks like because we might've been doing some things that we have, you know, ultimately elect to, to scrap. And um, so that's one. And then um, I'm the quarterback run game would be something that I'm interested in seeing, you know, um, what we do with that. I think we've got quarterbacks, two of them, um, that could, you know, theoretically be big factors in a, in a run getting you know, like the, the die the zone read type plays and, and kind of basing everything off of it. And, um, which I think Cumby is just, he has no, no qualms with featuring his quarterback heavily in the run games. So that's two things. Yeah. Uh, as far as the offense goes, uh, I'm with you because I've watched several game highlights, like those long extended highlights from the 2018 season and the 2019 season. I, I don't take, I don't put much stock in the 2020 season just because nobody really knows who was in charge of that offense. Um, Cause they had Meacham back. And then there was also rumors that Jerry kill was also the one calling plays and anyway, just kind of a mess. Um, and so you can see why it wasn't successful, but uh, you, you, there's the thing that drove me insane about uh, when Yost was running the show here was, I mean, you could sit on your couch and tell, you know, call the plays. Um, and, and that, that was part of his strategy is we're, we're going to run these few plays and just run them to perfection and run them fast. And, you know, somebody's going to have to stop them. The problem was, is people stopped them and, or we weren't running them right or, or whatever it was. But um, I, when you watch those old, the 2018 and 2019 TCU offense, you would see three tight ends and then the next play a tight end and an H back. And then the next play five wide. And then, I mean, it was just, you were, you were seeing motion, you were seeing 
play action, bootleg stuff. You just, you just saw everything. And they were all simple concepts, but out of all kinds of different looks. And, and that's what I'm looking forward to seeing more than anything. So I, did I see or I read somewhere that we're moving Tharp to a receiver? So, somebody no, that was a – Or was it Castle? One of the tight ends. No, well, I, I don't think it's Tharp. Where, where that was where – where that got confused is when we interviewed – when me and Claire interviewed uh, Sam Kahn from The Athletic, he was talking about the young receivers and Mason Tharp in like the same – uh, answer one of the questions. Okay. Some of that got confused. He did say Tharp was re- moved ridiculously well for his size, um, and then he all then he went to talk about the re- the injury at receiver, and so I think that's where people got confused. Yeah, so I guess you could add that to uh, the quarterback run game question would be something I'm looking or I'm interested in seeing is how many of these tight ends do we play because. Um, like you, like you said, from, from last year when we were under Yost, I think we were playing a tight end because it was just, you know, part of the offense. And, yeah. Um, and it might have been a wasted space there. Um, you know, if they can – I don't think Cumby will play all three of them and use three of them or two of them if he doesn't think they're – doesn't think they can help us or if, they, if he doesn't think they're as good as their inside receiver equivalent. You know, uh, yeah. Mannix or – um, or Rigdon or someone like that. Price. Uh, yeah. Well, Price to me is on the field. Yeah. <laughs> I hope he's on, no matter how many tight ends we have. That's but, true. Yeah. So that's, that's another thing is um, how many of them can help us because I saw, you know, I, I, the highlights from that, that are available. There was, I saw a guy featured tr- prominently number 43. I don't even, I don't know his name. I think he's a transfer from some um, division two school or something like that. Um, but I feel like I saw him in like 10 highlights. So I don't, you know, hopefully that's not, I don't just have like a bad vibe about the position just because I saw some, some guy, I didn't know who he was uh, getting so many reps. Um, but yeah, I, I'm interested. Yeah. The skill position in general, because people talk, I, I understand why, you know, people say, you know, we've got our top two receivers back and we've got these running backs back, but um, you know, as a comma and, Sir Roderick being injured and then and some of these other guys being freshmen um you know like uh Cam Valdez or um some of our receivers uh, the big guy from DeSoto Bradley yeah Bradley. I mean and then the two tight ends uh it's just it's doesn't seem like even good players doesn't seem like they always are ready to contribute you know their freshman year. and if you got guys that are hurt, and it seems like also when guys get hurt there is sometimes um, they're not the same that at least that year they aren't. Yeah. I'm a little worried. I don't know if I'm worried or I'm just intrigued to see how the skill guys kind of pans out based yeah. on injuries based on the new guys. No, I, I see your point there. And, and one thing I know is um, Sam Kahn from the athletic. He said that Cumbie told him that um, Tharp was going to play. Uh, Bradley was going to play like these young guys will play and will contribute. Who knows, you know, the, the season's a long way off, but I, I found that interesting that Cumby, you know, would openly share that information. Um, but I think positions like running back and receiver, I think we've seen 
that these highly skilled guys, and I, and I think that's where we do have some highly, I think Bradley could play anywhere. I think Valdez could play pretty much anywhere. Um, I think, we, yeah, the, I think the Tharp, Tharp, yeah, Tharp could play anywhere. And so I think guys like that at like non-premium, you know, we're not talking left tackle quarterback. Uh, I think uh, at those positions, you can play young guys and, and get away with it. And as long as Sir Roderick and Uzukama are back by fall camp, which all indications say they will, I think that's enough time to get, especially the nature of their injuries. They weren't ACLs or foot surgery. They were arms or shoulders. And so, you know, unless those are just lingering, I'm not too concerned about that. And I'm, I'm excited to see them, you know, and, and what Cumbie's going to do. Cause like you said, what's, what's interesting about Shuck, which I think we both assume he's the guy. And what's interesting about that is you can base your whole offense off of his run game, but he's good enough throwing the football that you don't have to. And so it'll be interesting to see the mix that Cumbie comes up with between designed runs and, you know, just having him run the offense through the air. Exactly. Yeah. And then if you've got a court, I mean, we've seen it. You've got a quarterback that can run and, and it's striking fear. In, in the other team, it really jacks with their defense. You know, yes. Defending the pass, defending the run, traditional run plays. Um, so if we can get, yeah, I think it's something we need to leverage to be to be at our peak this year would be to have other teams like in their pregame press conference, like when they're previewing tech is we've got to stop a quarterback run game. You know, yeah. I think it needs to be something they're saying. Yeah. And, and I touched on it last week. I mean, like you said it this week, Gumby's not afraid to run his guys. You know, he had Duggan running all over the place, designed runs, the the power read. He would run jet sweep power read, which I love to get the defense moving. But what, what's the, the nicest thing about having a quarterback that can move is Cumby doesn't have to be perfect. He can call a play that doesn't work and it still be a positive play for Texas Tech. And I don't think last year that happened very often. Uh, Columbia did it a few times, especially early, but uh, it was almost like Yost had not only like was the defense pretty sure it was coming, but he had to be perfect because there wasn't, there wasn't a ton of, you know, improv going on at that position, which I don't know if his offense even allows. I don't either. I think because it's just a one read, such a quick one read thing. I mean, there's no, there's no room for improv. Yeah. Ball, you don't have the ball long enough. To, yeah. I mean, there was no drop back, you know, like multiple progression. I mean, there was a little bit, but it was all based off that one like play action. Yeah. This stretch. Thing. Yeah. I mean, I remember like losing my mind at home when, when we ran like, like that tight end screen just because it was something different. And I think we're going to get so much more of that from Cumby where the defense can't say like, oh, well, they're going to run this, you know zone wham with the tight end and then they're going to fake that and throw a seam you know there, there's just there, there's so many different ways to keep the defense on on their toes and I think he's just and we saw it with as, as you look at the quarterbacks he had and the skill position he had during his time at TCU you know he gets a lot of credit for turning around Trevon Boykin's career and I mean that dude became absolutely ridiculous by the time he was done um, but you see a guy like, oh, who was that tall outside receiver that ended up with the Redskins drafted in the first round? You know what I'm talking about? 
Dotson? Yes. Josh Dotson? Yes. Like he was no athletic freak, but you could line him up on the outside and get him the ball, you know, in various ways just because of his size, you know, and then he gets a guy like Rager and he's, he's getting Rager the ball in different ways. So I just think whoever ends up being our go-to guys, Cumbie's going to figure out how to get them the ball. And that's what Cliff was always good at. And, and I think Cumbie's that same way. And, and that's why I think a guy like Chedarius Townsend will also have a kind of a bounce back year because I think Cumbie will have on his play call sheet, like how can we get this super athlete the ball? And here are some plays to do that. Definitely. Yeah, he also had a Kevante, that Turpin. Which oh, kind of, yes. Kind of reminds me of Miles Price. He probably will be going back in the – the vault and getting some of those looks out for, for Turpin. Now it'll be, I mean, our offense was so bad last year. I mean, I, I don't think people really under, realize it because of the, you know, we were talking earlier about, or last week about how possessions can inflate or can create some oddities and stats. And, you know, the only reason our offense looked like, like it had a pulse was because we played so many possessions because we, our offense was just not very good last year at all. Yeah. And, and I don't know how many times I just lost my mind because the defense would get a stop or consecutive stops or force a turnover. And there was just no help. I mean, it was just three and out, three and out. And it was not even like an extended drive a lot of the times. And, and that's, that's part of the reason I think the defense was better. I've said this so many times, but I, I think that's one of the reasons the defensive stats don't look that much better, you know, except for what was it that you said last week, the yards per play was much improved, but, or maybe that wasn't you. I think that was, it was, okay. It was improved. Yeah. yeah. I think it was either you or Sam Khan said it that, and, and you're, you're on this too, that you can't look at just yards allowed because of all the possessions. And so if you would have just created a few more turnovers, that was really the one thing that, that the defense struggled with. But if you would have created a few more turnovers and, um, and just capitalized on a few of those stops and put the opposing offense in a situation where you could, the defense could kind of dictate because they knew what was coming. I mean, that's a whole, whole other ball game to me. And, and the offense just didn't do their part. Oh, I agree. And it's, and it, it, and of course, like our defense wasn't like world beaters. You know, it was a middle of the pack defense. Yeah. It was average power five defense. I mean, half the power five teams would have traded for, with us. The other half would not have. So, yeah, anytime you're leaning on a middle of the pack unit uh, to, in the Big 12, especially to win games, it's tough. And yeah, it's kind of, you know, we won – some of the worst our offense played was in games we won, which it's like we did it, you know, that West Virginia and Baylor really are the, yeah. and Kansas. Yeah, I mean, I will say. The yeah. three, you know, some, the th- some of the three worst games that our, our offense played, we ended up winning. And then like, you know, the Texas game and then the Oklahoma state game, our offense, really the only two games our offense played well. Yeah. We weren't able to win. Yeah. And the defense couldn't get the, the stops that mattered, but you know, speaking of the defense and the, and the lack of turnovers created, and we were talking about this before I press record, but I was watching some Marquise Waters games, and he, he's the grad transfer from Duke, the safety. I say safety. He played safety, corner, linebacker, 
nickel corner. He was all over the place. He he even like rushed the passer and did a good job rushing the passer. He's pretty impressive. And that's the one name you hear. You ask anybody around the program right now, who, who should we look for next year? And it's him. Like they think he's going to be like an all big 12 type guy. Um, and so a guy like that, who's constantly around the ball, um, I don't know, you know, maybe can, can help that turnover margin a little bit, because that's really the name of the game is can you, can you force field goals instead of touchdowns and can you create some turnovers? That's right. And can you, yeah. And in the big 12, in my opinion, in the big 12, it's like, can you rush the passer? Can you, and can you force teams into third downs? And then when they're in a third down, do you have guys that can get to the quarterback? Yeah. Without having to commit a lot of bodies to it. Cause that's like, to me, that's the big 12 and maybe it's going to be shifting somewhat. I don't know. Um, Cause it is, it is cyclical. It seems. Um, and, and like last year, you know, the offenses were not on paper as explosive, but I think it's because there has been some, not tech, but there was somewhat of a trend of teams playing slower and, and teams um, running the ball more. Yeah. And also teams playing, it's kind of maybe a reaction to Iowa State. You know, like a lot of teams are copying their defense. Yeah. So um, it's, a, you know, you don't, it's tough. Tough to just throw the ball around against that uh, defense. So teams are kind of adapting somewhat to, to running the ball. And, but I don't know. Uh, it still seems like the name of the game will be, can you force a third down? And can you get to the rush the pass when it's third down? Yeah. I think one guy that'll turnovers. Yeah. Which, one guy that might help that is the guy you've sent a picture of in our group text, Tyree Wilson, who looks like an absolute monster. It looks like he was built to get after the quarterback. Yeah. I mean, and then he's kind of a, I don't know, you know, where they line him up. He's like a, maybe the, the classic like three, four defensive end that, that does a little bit of everything. Yeah. Yeah. I'd sure like to see him because, and really, you know, who's a really good pass rusher, I think is uh, Hutchins. Yes. Like, for an interior pass, I mean, he is like yes. a, his motor is ridiculous, right? It's just we're not we're not able to really unleash unleash him because you got to have a third to have an effective nose guard that's rushing the passer. You need to have some passing downs. He can't be the one getting double teamed either. You got to have some ends that need some help. <laughs> yeah. So, we'll, yeah, we got plenty of. Of buttons, I think Patterson can push on defense. That'll that'll be another interesting thing to see yeah. um, because will we be will we be conservative? Will we you know really try to get after guys and 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 um, you know five and six and uh, try to you know, on early downs blow them up and enforce these third down third and long type situations, or will we do what we kind of started to do last year? Which was get really really conservative and it it was it was helpful you know um, because what we did last year might have been a reaction to COVID knocking out our DB I think it hurt our DBs maybe worse than like any position and, yeah and just not having the bodies there to cover guys where that shouldn't be the case this year yeah and that's something I was going to ask you too is am I crazy or if, just like looking at the roster like this may be the first time in in like a decade where there will be good defensive players who would have started at any time previous in this decade, like good defensive players 
on the sideline who like who split reps like there is depth at defensive line linebacker in the secondary like I can't really remember like you you have guys that are that can eat snaps and not just you know not die when they're out there but can actually do some things I, I, mean, I agree especially the back like linebacker and in the secondary I yep. would think I think uh absolutely I mean I, I think our fifth corner whoever it is this year would be the second guy on the majority of our the last seven eight nine years yeah I think that's a good way maybe it's it. yeah maybe it's like Rashad Williams or yeah. something or one of those guys would be absolutely starting playing as many downs as possible on most of our most recent defenses and I th- and that and that's something I've been saying for years is our, our starting 11 on both sides have not been far and away different, you know, from the, the people we should be competing with in this conference, the Oklahoma States, you know, TCUs. But it's once you get after that starting 11, that's why we lose those games more often than not is because we just have have had zero quality depth. And you can get on the wells for a lot of the recruiting stuff, but I do think, you know, that's something that he's done a really good job of just kind of filling in holes with maybe not the big names, but with guys who can just play. I agree. I agree. I don't think, I don't see how anyone could look at the guy, you know, and I'm really talking about defense because for whatever reason, you know, we've had guys transfer on offense. It'd be a much different story. I think if you have Keyshawn Carter and um, Polk, Polk, um, uh, coming back at receiver, but um, yeah, defense, it's just not even close to the number of bodies we have. It's not even close. Yeah, no, I, I think you're right. And, and hopefully it, and that's what the, something I asked Sam Khan from The Athletic is just, is that something that you can see translating to wins this year? And then that kind of, I guess, leads to the last thing we were going to touch on was just very early expectations for the fall, you know, because I've almost, I pretty much checked out on having any kind of expectation after the Kansas state game. Um, and so it's, it's looking at next year and, and knowing that it seems to be, you know, win or else for Wells. Um, and I don't really know what that looks like. Um, and to, I don't know if it's like a number, I don't know if it's how it looks um, a mixture of probably a mixture of both. Um, and so, you know, I asked Sam Khan, like, do, can you see the, the personnel on defense, the returning snaps, which I know you're big on, can you see that translating to wins? And, and he was simple and he just said, I don't see how it couldn't. And I, I think I tend to agree. I'm just almost like scared to agree. Yeah. And, you know, I think it's just hard to, for me to say that, the, you know, we should win because we should, we, I think we should win five or six, five to seven games, but, like just on paper before the season starts now, like the range of out, like, but to me, it's more like, um, you know, how likely is that range of outcomes? And, you know, like, and really is eight more likely than four and you know, is nine more likely than three wins. And to me, the, the top range is more likely than the bottom range. You know, if that makes sense, I think we're more likely to win nine than three, you know, like not very likely in general for either one, but right. Nine is more likely than three. Eight's more likely than four. Seven's more likely than five to me. Right. Now, 
how do you, how do I, you know, wrap my head around saying that Wells must win X number, you know, to, to, to keep his job. I don't, that's tough. Cause I think, like you said, it is going to come down right or wrong. It will be wins. And then I do think though, there will be a segment of people. I don't know if they have any say whatsoever, but them, how it looks will matter. You know, like he could win the amount that is necessary, but if it doesn't look good to them, they'll still be anti-Wells. Right. And so I, but I, I would think if we win six games, <laughs> uh, he's probably coming back, but maybe not. You know, six it, games and a bowl win, or just getting to a bowl. I would think almost the. I don't know. Um, bowl games are so screwy, you know. Oh, I know, but it's just the last taste in in your mouth before you yeah. make those decisions. I, I would think almost though that. Seems like last year, at least, the hiring time was before the bowl games, and maybe that was just because COVID was weird. But it's almost That's like a move to get your guy. You don't, you might almost need to do it before the bowl game. Yeah, yeah. Good, good question. Is you know making a move is as much about who you get as it is who you're firing. Yeah, yeah that's that's yeah that's a good point, and that's something I know people were saying last year. He's like, well, who, who are you bringing in? And, and I know it's easy to say, like, anybody's better than Wells, but that's not necessarily true. <laughs> um, but for, for Hunter Davidson, tech hoops guy, what is a, like, what, what, will you, what will it take for you to be satisfied and excited heading into 2022? You know, or I guess in the opposite, what would it look like if you're done with Wells in December? So, w- without question. If we have a winning conference record, to me, it's like we it's the best season we've had in 10 years. And and like that's not that difficult yeah. to, this year. Yeah. But the, the only kicker on that is you could lose to U of H and have a winning conference record. That <laughs> would be crazy. And that will that would be six and six. And people are gonna be mad. And I'm not gonna be crazy happy about yeah. that. Yeah. That U of H Kings seems so critical. Yes, it was, I would. I'd like to just say that win have a have a winning conference record because yeah. we just can't do that for some reason. Yeah, but but it's that U of H game is so, so critical to to how the season will be viewed um, that it's uh, it's hard to just say that by itself. But I will. I'll, I'll say winning conference record. I'll you know because I think the first game of the season is like a bowl game kind yeah. of. It's like the you prepare for that one team only and uh, it's the first game and it's like, especially for us, it's a neutral site venue um, type situation. It's just, you know, weird things can happen there. Um, and, and so I, I don't, you know, we could lose that game. I don't think we, my one thing I'm really fascinated with is like what that line is going to be. Yeah. I think we're going to be favored. I don't think it'll be by much. And but I do think we will be a slight, maybe a three and it could be more than I think, but um, like three and a half or so point favorites. Yeah. I'm, I'm honestly with you. Like I'm weirdly confident about that game. I don't know why. I don't know if it's because a few years ago when we had a team that wasn't very good, like we went to Houston when they had Ed Oliver and beat them. Like it, it wasn't like, it wasn't a big win, but like I never was worried type of deal. Like even though it got close towards the end, it was like 
I just wasn't concerned. And so I don't know if it's just past Houston games, like re- recent um, that have me not worried. I'm just, I don't know. I'm just not concerned, which maybe that's dumb, but. We were seven point underdogs in that game. Oh, yeah. See, I, that I line just surprised me. Some yeah. of these lines, like, like we were, I mean, we were either favored by one or a, a one point underdog to Ole Miss at, at Reliant. When we, I do remember that. Yeah. Which was just a ridiculously bad line. I mean, well, we my, had that secondary against three NFL receivers. <laughs> yeah. We were starting a guy, who, McLean. I mean, God love him, you know, McLean Carter, who, I mean, yeah, didn't got beat out by pretty much everyone and, you know, goes to Rutgers. And I know injuries plagued his career, but yeah. uh, quarterback's a pretty important position. And somehow <laughs> they, we have learned that the hard way. Somehow uh, they thought we would uh, have a chance in that game. Yeah. Yeah, looking back, that is pretty crazy. Uh, you know, for me, when I, I look at it, it's a lot more feel-based, which is hard to – which is dumb probably. But, like, how would I – I would be okay with losing to Houston even though I'm not worried about it. Like, I think I'm with you. I'm just really concerned with our standing – not concerned, but I just want to see our standing in the Big 12 rate, you, you know, just rise a little bit. Like, I'm tired of, of – either like ironically or to be funny, but being compared with the Kansases of the world, which I realize that's where we are. Like I'm not ignorant to that, but I just would like to see get back to the fact that like, you know, tech is going to finish with close to a winning conference record, a conference record. And then every, every couple of years pop off for 10 wins. You know, that, that's, that's honestly my goal in football. Like I'm not, I'm not trying to win. I'd love it, but I'm not trying to win the national championship. I'm just trying to be a solid program that, that wins seven to eight games every year. And then once every five, 10 years wins 10, you know, that, that's, that's my goal. And so if I get that feeling from this year from Wells, then I'm, I'm pretty okay with and excited heading into 2022. Um, that's 2022. Is, the schedule is tough there. So yes, I might not be excited to play that schedule and think we're headed the right direction and that we're, or that we have got good players. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, for me personally, I kind of since I hear what you're saying, I want it to look good. I want to like look at these box scores afterwards. And, and I've talked about it some. There's a um, it's it's a way to look at a box score that compare it to every other game and, and certain characteristics within the box score, such as like explosive plays, third downs, turnovers, things like that, um, where they can assign a like percentage. You should win this game. X number of times out of a hundred based on this box score, because that's what's happened in the past. And so um, like last year, the Texas game, we lost, but I watched that game and I thought to myself, wow, we played much better than I thought. We, it looked good. You know, we, well, um, I, I was surprised. I came away from it, you know, um, optimistic about the team. Yeah. And, you know, based on that box score, we had a 63% chance of winning that game. And so it kind of like, you know, the eye test of me thinking we look good was reflected by what, what actually occurred. And then, you know, you compare that to, um, you know, like the West Virginia game where 
based on that box score, we should only have won 40% of the time. And that confirms with what I saw where I didn't think we looked very good. We kind of won on a, they turned the ball over and we took it to the house and won. And it was like, whoever was going to make the last mistake was going to lose. Yeah. Happened to not be, happened to not make the, the last mistake. Yeah. And so if we could win, you know, we could win seven games and it looks kind of like that West Virginia one or, and, and it's like, you know, I'll be I'll obviously be happy we won seven games, but um, the I won't be personally too excited to watch a bunch of games like that. And on the flip side, we could lose eight games, and they all look like the Texas one, where I thought we played well, and it doesn't, it's not going to matter how they looked because we lost eight games. It's a it's a weird it's a a weird situation for coaches, and that but you can't feel sorry for them because they get paid so much money. Yeah. No, I, I see what you're saying, and I agree. Like, it would be really nice to go out and play good-looking, nice football, win games, you know, and, and do it while obviously being the better team. Um, but then I look at, you know, Baylor two years ago when they went, what, 10-1 and one and should have lost, like, six of those games. You know, like, I, would, I, I guess it depends on how many games you're winning ugly. And that's the threshold. Like if it's six, yeah, I don't want any part of that. If it's nine or 10, I'll win nine or 10 ugly games. I don't care. Exactly. <laughs> but exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but like I said, when we started this, these are early expectations and I'm, I'm starting to get, you know, pretty excited. Um, just hearing some things about guys who have looked well, who have looked really good. And, um, you know, I know, Shuck has kind of taken over the leadership role in that quarterback room. And Sam Khan said it in our interview, like he started getting the receivers together after practice. And, and this is stuff that may not matter, but it really matters if he turns out to be good and we win, but you know, he, he gets the receivers together and they start throwing and then eventually all the other quarterbacks join them. And so you just like to hear that kind of stuff this time of the year. Definitely. But, yeah. And so we're so desperately needing him to be, plus <laughs> so yeah. desperately needing yeah and, and honestly like we can talk for the next two hours but that's ultimately what it comes down to is do you have a guy at the quarterback position who actively wins snaps and wins games and if you do you have a chance and like we did with pat and if you don't you don't like last year and in the, in the year before um and that's kind of what it comes down to. So, like I said, those are those are pretty early thoughts and early expectations. But you got anything else before we get out of here? I don't think so. Awesome. Well, um, we'll be back again next week, and you know, maybe have some some news to talk about. Maybe not, but we'll figure something out. So, thanks again, Hunter. Yep. Thanks.